Boom! Shake the room, Fire Nation. JLD here with an audio masterclass on creative cash flow strategies for bootstrapped entrepreneurs. And to rock the mic, I have brought Christina Stemble. She is the founder of Farm Girl Flowers, a $23 million company that's reinventing the floral industry's business model to eliminate waste and elevate the customer experience. And Fire Nation, we're going to talk about the benefits of staying fully bootstrapped and owning all of your own decisions, how to build a business model around eliminating waste in your business and maximizing your profit margins. And we'll even talk about the low point that Christina went through, hitting $411 in her business account and so much more when we get back from thanking our sponsors. When it comes to hiring, you can save time and get more qualified candidates fast with ZipRecruiter. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ziprecruiter.com slash fire. That's ziprecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Ready to build your first sales funnel without having to hire an entire tech team to help? With ClickFunnels, you can. Visit eofire.com slash click to start your free 14-day trial today. That's eofire.com slash click. Christina, say what's up to Fire Nation and share something interesting about yourself that most people don't know. Hi, Fire Nation. Um, I'm excited to be here. Something about me that most people don't know is that I love motorcycles. And my dream dream occupation would be to be a motorcycle racer. Wow. I definitely did not see that coming. So pretty cool <laughs> share right there. And Fire Nation, as I shared in the intro, we're going to be talking about creative cash flow strategies for bootstrapped entrepreneurs and companies. So let's just dive right into this, Christina, because this is a really interesting topic. And you share with us the benefits of staying fully bootstrapped and owning all of your own decisions. What does that mean to you? Yeah, so being bootstrapped has, um, you know, most people, including myself sometimes, focuses on the downfalls and things that make it more challenging. But there's a lot of upside. Um, the, the biggest one being that there's literally zero red tape. Um, I, I can make decisions for the company that are what I think is best for the company. And I don't have to take into account how it's going to look on a financial statement that quarter. Um, I don't have to think very short term. I can think long term. I can do things um, that uh, I want to do, frankly, and I don't have to get permission from people, which is really great. Fire Nation, zero red tape. And if you've ever had to deal with red tape, getting things up the ladder, running it up that flagpole, and then having it come all the way back down, you know what a pain in the booty that can be. And then thinking long term. I mean, one thing that I definitely know anybody that invests in stock markets, you get really frustrated because all these companies have to think long term, uh, short term. They have to think in like quarterly report reports, monthly earning calls. I mean, all these things is short term thinking just to make the balance sheet look good when we all know that it's planting a seed now to see that grow later, that long term thinking is much more beneficial. And when you bootstrap and you own your decisions, that's you. So let's talk about what you've done with your business, Christina. How have you built this business model that's been focused around eliminating waste and maximizing profit margins? You know, the way that our model is built is I needed to figure out if there was a, a lever I could push um, that would allow us to do what my mission was, was to, to provide better higher quality flower arrangements at similar price points to our competitors. And 
the only lever that I could I could move was the waste one. Um, and the average in our industry is about 40% waste. Um, and I'd never thought of that before um, really researching it. But, you know, florists that you go into on your, your corner flower shop, they don't know what you're going to want that week. So they have to buy a little bit of everything. And also the large e-com companies, because none of them make the bouquets in-house like we do, they have to set, um, you know, give orders to other bouquet makers and farm operations that are going to fulfill their orders. And so they have to confirm a certain number every week, not knowing exactly what the orders are going to look like, just based on projections. And so a lot of the, a lot of times they're wrong, and about 40% of those flowers are actually going to be thrown out. And so our model um, in making every bouquet in-house and not allowing the customers to choose the specific type of flower enabled me to be able to buy the flowers that are higher quality that I know consumers are going to want and then give those flowers to them without them choosing, you know, with them trusting me to, to come up with something that's going to be the best for them. And instead of having that 40% waste, we can keep our waste under 1% then. And that allows me to buy much fewer flowers and be able to keep our price point in line while using flowers that are sometimes four times more expensive than some of our competitors. So, um, you know, it's, it's to help profit margin, but it's also to solve a problem of, you know, I wanted the flowers to actually be pretty. And in order to do that, I needed to be able to use higher cost flowers, but not charge four times the amount to our consumers. So that's a really specific example, which I love. But let's take a step back for all the listeners to maybe take a lesson from how you've applied this to your overall business. Like, what would you say, like the more structured takeaways, like the lessons learned from this that somebody listening that maybe not that's not in the flower industry could apply to their business that could really be beneficial to just overall eliminating waste and what they're doing day to day, or maybe even just identifying the waste that's happening they might, might not even know about and then trying to really maximize that overall profit. Well, I mean, we, we all know that you can't be everything to everyone. So you can't be cheapest, fastest, and best, right? And so I think the takeaway is to identify what problem you're actually solving, what you want your company to do, and to figure out how you can provide as, you know, at least two of those three um, and do it as best as you can. I mean, like, so the, the waste for us was a way that we could be the best, like we could have the best quality if we eliminated this. And so, you know, everybody wants to be all three of those things, but knowing that you can't, identifying which two you're going to take, <laughs> um, hopefully it's two and not one, and how you're going to get there. And you're probably going to have to make some concessions. Like we had to make the concession of not giving choice. Um, and back in 2010, that was not a popular thing. Everything was more is more. You know, now when you're looking at our model, it, it's like, yeah, of course, there's so many companies across industries, you know, in in you know, you know, fashion and in beauty and all different industries are doing less is more. And back then, in 2010, nobody was. You know, I looked at In-N-Out Burger as my kind of go-to company. Um, and, you know, they were the best. And so that's why they have a 40-minute line every time you go in. And how did they do that? And so I looked at them and they did it by limiting the options that they had. And so, you know, it might not be that you want to limit options, but it might be something about the speed of the product, you know, or something about that with the other, you know, other two things, um, but identifying what that is and how you're going to solve it and then seeing hyper-focused on doing just that. So Fire Nation, you can't be the fastest, cheapest, and best. So choose two out of those three, not just one, choose two out of those three 
and decide how it can best impact your bottom line, best impact your customer experience, best impact your business. Now, Christina, you used to be known as the debit card girl. I mean, you would just rock your debit card. That's how you used to put all the company's expenses, et cetera. Talk about the journey of going from just being a debit card girl to the credit card girl that you are now. Yeah, this is actually really interesting. So I was probably the only 30-year-old <laughs> that anybody had met that didn't have a credit card um, before I started Farm Girl. I, you know, I was raised on a farm in Indiana and to parents who uh, really taught and instilled in me that if you could not afford it, you didn't buy it. So um, I really lived those that belief system. And, you know, I didn't, you know, wasn't going to buy a sweater on a credit card that I'd still be paying for four years from from now. And I wish there was more financial education going on with children and with kids now. Um, and there's not. But, you know, I saw so many of my friends get in trouble with credit cards and, you know, rack up thousands and thousands of dollars in, in debt for things that didn't matter. And so, you know, I didn't want to be that person. So in my personal life, I, I didn't, you know, I made sure I didn't buy things I couldn't afford. But when starting a business, it's, it's different. You need a credit card. Um, but there was a lot of anxiety that came with it because, you know, debt causes anxiety. It's, you know, it causes anxiety in a lot of people personally and professionally. And, um, you know, it was a big leap to go to, okay, now I'm going to, I'm going to be carrying, you know, I'm going to have credit cards. I'm going to have some debt that carries over for month to month. Um, and that's, that's risky. And it makes me feel, you know, like I'm putting, you know, people at risk because their, their paychecks are, are, you know, on my shoulders and things like that. And so it was something I had to get over because you have to have, you know, you have to have some debt sometimes and you have to have credit cards for a business. Um, but my husband actually gave me really good advice and he has worked in financial services for many years. And he told me, you know, get a card that has the best rewards. And I remember kind of rolling my eyes and thinking, that's just silly. Like how much am I actually going to get in rewards? Like I'm really going to find a credit card just so I can get like, you know, 20 bucks back at the end of the year. Like, is it worth that? And I was more focused on, you know, lowest interest rates and things like that. And um, turns out he was right, which he'll love to hear. Um, so, you know, when I was researching cards, Capital One was the card that had the most cash back for without having to balance. I didn't want to juggle like I'm gonna use this card for this and this card for this and, you know, to get these points for travel and this works for gas. And all, I just, you know, you don't have time as a business owner, especially bootstrapping where it was just me. And so I wanted to find a credit card that I could just not have to think about and it would give me the most back that I could get. And it actually added up much bigger than I ever would have imagined. And so he loves to tell me, you know, <laughs> that he was right. Um, but, you know, I've become like the biggest advocate for a cashback card for business owners. And in fact, my team knows, like, we regularly tell vendors that we won't work with them unless they accept credit cards. So um, we put everything through credit cards, except for rent and payroll. And if there was a way that I could, I would. <laughs> so um, everything else has to go through credit cards. It's also a, a cash management tool for me. Um, we don't have an internal accounting department at all. And so credit cards allow me in real time to know where we stand financially, which makes me feel much more secure for our company. So instead of having, you know, the effect of making me feel anxious and nervous about having this, you know, carry over debt from month to month, sometimes it did the opposite and made me feel more secure that in real time, which I do check, you know, I'm on my credit cards three times a day, typically, you know, I know exactly what we're spending money on. Um, and so nothing could really go awry without me knowing pretty, you know, within like two or three hours. <laughs> I mean, Fire Nation, if you're going to spend the money, you should be getting a return if it's possible, if it's out there and getting that cash back. I mean, hey, 
it's literally better than not getting any cash back for the very obvious reasons. And not to mention, what can you actually be doing with that capital over that month or two months that you're kind of elongating that out instead of it having coming out of your account right away? I mean, you can really be making more investments, doing this, doing that. So it's giving you all those different options above and beyond just that cash back. Now, let's kind of talk, Christina, about a low point. Because listen, I love talking about the successes and the wins and these great things that have happened to you and your company, but we learn a lot from the struggles, from the obstacles, the failures, and you hit $411 in your business bank account. And, you know, for like a seventh grader, like that's not that bad of a dollar amount for your bank account. But for somebody running a business, that number can be pretty scary. So tell us about that. There's probably not enough time to talk about all the struggles, financial struggles we've had. <laughs> um, bootstrapping what is now will probably come in at about 32 or 33 million this year. It's very challenging. Cash flow is extremely challenging. It's the biggest, um, I think it's it's the biggest fear I have is, is running out of money. And it's the biggest success I have is not running out of money. So, um, but yeah, in year two, I got down to $411. I would say arguably there's even some more recent years where it never got that low, but based on how many people I have working for me now, it's probably equally, if not more scary. Um, you know, at end of year time, you know, during holidays when we're pre, you know, or time certain months when we're pre-ordering a lot for Valentine's Day, four months in advance, four to six months in advance, it gets really tight where it's like, okay, if I pay all the bills, we're definitely in the red. And that's scary when you have 135 people that are relying on you for their paychecks. And so I think it's, it's, um, it doesn't get easier, which that was um, kind of a myth that I'd like to dispel because, you know, all the books I read before starting a company said the first two years were, you know, are the hardest. And so I really thought that at like the end of, you know, two years, there was going to be this giant, like big, bright light. <laughs> I was going to like, every, I was going to walk through it and it was just going to be so much easier and everything was going to just fall into place. And it, you know, just got harder and harder because instead of, you know, when I got down to $411, it was just me there. I didn't have any employees. And so if I went hungry, it was okay. Or if I had to live in my car, which didn't happen, but if it did, you know, it was okay. But if I have, you know, over 130 people that don't get a paycheck, that's a much bigger deal to me. And so um, I don't have any like really big words of wisdom because it's still something that we struggle with. And, you know, there are months when my team knows um, you know, when I'm sending out emails and talking to them in meetings about like, don't spend any money. Like if you need pens, we'll bring them from home. Like, you know, there, there are still those moments um, where we just can't, you know, spend any money. And I am so fortunate to have a team that rallies around and actually appreciates the transparency I have with them and telling them what's going on. So they're not just wondering why I look like I'm stressed out, you know? And so um, I think it's, really important to surround yourself with a team that is in it, knowing that they know that there's a risk. Like we are not, you know, Google or Facebook or, you know, a company that has, you know, millions and billions of dollars in the bank, um, in a foreign bank, probably, but a bank. And, you know, we're not like that. And we, as long as we're bootstrapped, we never will be. Um, but we just get through it together. Fire Nation, a lot of takeaways from what Christina just shared, but the one that I kind of want to highlight right now is it's the importance of team. I mean, Christina's talking to us today because of the power and the strength and the cohesiveness of her team. So if you're building the right team, these struggles, the obstacles, these low points, 
you're going to get through them together. And we have some killer value bombs coming up after the break. We're going to be talking about securing outside funding, how Christina used digital marketing to combat the flower industry's dreaded summer slump, and how you can really take some lessons there and apply it to your business when we get back from thanking our sponsors. I don't consider myself a techie person, but when it comes to idea generation, I'm on fire. So when asked, are you ready to build your first sales funnel? I immediately thought I'd have to hire a tech team to help. Then I found ClickFunnels, and with ClickFunnels, the sky is the limit. ClickFunnels is a software tool that helps you create sales funnels that convert your visitors into leads and then customers. ClickFunnels was created so entrepreneurs like me and you who aren't programmers and who don't know how to code can easily build great looking pages inside of a sales funnel to grow our business online. And the great thing about ClickFunnels is that it's not just your funnel building editor, it's also your shopping cart, your email autoresponder, your membership software, your affiliate management software, and so much more. Join over 90,000 entrepreneurs who are actively using ClickFunnels to easily get their products and their message out to the world. Visit eofire.com slash click to start your free 14-day trial today. That's eofire.com slash click. Your company is only as good as the people you hire, and finding qualified candidates isn't easy. Luckily, we have tools that can help, like ZipRecruiter. I want to share a case study that's a perfect example of this. Meet Jermaine, the Director of Talent Acquisition at Hurricane Grill and Wings, a casual dining restaurant with 70 locations across the U.S. Jermaine needed a consistent flow of candidates to grow their franchises, but he was having a tough time. Other job sites didn't deliver the quality or volume of candidates he needed. Also, using multiple job sites led to a complex hiring process. ZipRecruiter's all-in-one solution provided Jermaine with a sustainable flow of candidates with the required experience, and he was able to fully staff new franchises within three weeks. Jermaine says, with ZipRecruiter, we found the hiring success we've been looking for, and Jermaine isn't alone. In fact, four out of five employers who post a job on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate through the site within the first day. And right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ziprecruiter.com slash fire. Once again, ziprecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So Fire Nation, we're back. And Christina, you tried to secure outside funding at least once and you had some struggles with it, some obstacles, some challenges. So kind of talk to us about those struggles. Share with us. Yeah, so we have now been turned down 101 times. Whoa, it's like the Dalmatians. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. So I have a very fancy spreadsheet. Um, and one day I'm going to go back to all of those people with my pretty wo- woman moment with my check in hand. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm going to be like, big mistake. Huge, <laughs> huge, huge mistake. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, it's okay. So, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier that there are a lot of benefits to, to being bootstrapped or, you know, to be a, a company that doesn't have outside investors. Um, there's also downfalls. It's, it's really challenging. Like we talked about cash flow is really, really tough. Um, there are, you know, many times that we have to make concessions and sacrifices that we don't want to have to make because we just, we have to, because we don't have, uh, any money to help float us. Um, so we're now at the stage and I'd always heard that, you know, besides the myth that the first two years are the hardest, um, that, you know, between like 10 million, and 50 million just is really, really tough. And um, I don't know if it's tougher than other times. I'll let you know once we get past it, but it is really tough. I think that they're correct in that. Um, you know, we're too big 
to be as scrappy as we are, but we're too small to have enough profit to be able to not operate this way. And so it's really challenging. For instance, you know, when we need to order product, we can't afford to sometimes, you know, if we could order it from further away and get a much better deal. Um, we don't have the, that amount of money just sitting here that we could have out of working capital for four months in order to order in advance to pay the deposits. Um, there's other things like, you know, we needed to launch a new website. Um, and to do that, I had to take money out of marketing budget. So we had to slow down our growth intentionally and spend less this year in first quarter on marketing than last year even because we you know, needed to spend that money on the technology bucket instead of the marketing budget. So you're constantly having to make compromises um, and do things that you might not, you know, I don't want to do, but we need to, to operate this way. So, you know, raising capital, um, while, you know, most people do it here, it's possible not to. There are downfalls to not having capital that I just mentioned. And there's, you know, definitely benefits that I mentioned too. But the process itself just sucks. I don't have any other word for it. It's I, I've spent more of my life than I had hoped trying to raise capital. And I wish I could get those hours back um, because it's just a big, you know, I, I think instead of doing 32 million, could we be doing 40 million this year? If in the last two years, I hadn't spent 30 to 40% of my time trying to pursue outside capital. So, you know, it's, it's a risk there as well and how much time you're going to give to the process as a solo female founder. I don't have a great chance of raising capital and I know, knew that going in. So that was a risk that I took. Um, and, you know, it, but I have no other words other than the process itself is really, really horrible. If you haven't already figured out Fire Nation from Christina, you're going to get the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. I mean, trying to secure outside funding in one word sucks. And it is a time suck. Your energy suck. Your bandwidth suck because you're not doing other things to grow your business. You're trying to go pitch yourself to people that are probably going to say no, like she got 101 times. I mean, think about a Fire Nation. All that time given back to Christina to put into her business, I mean, man, that's cringeworthy. And we talked, Christina, about your shift to the credit card girl. How do you recommend our listeners, entrepreneurs, small business owners, companies, use their credit card? to maximize its benefits? You know, I'm not just saying that Capital One is the best card. I, I literally did the research and Capital One was the best card for my business. And I would argue probably for just about every business um, because you literally get 2% cash back unlimited on anything you spend your money on. So, um, you know, we're getting hundreds of thousands of dollars back in cash back uh, by putting all of our expenses through the credit card. So um, it's, super easy too. you don't have to, you know, track anything, you don't have there's no reimbursement, it just like comes to you, you and magically in a check, which is amazing. <laughs> so um, I highly recommend it. Um, I think, you know, I, I am very up on all the credit cards out there, because I research these things, because, you know, every penny counts for us. And, um, you know, I'm constantly, you know, working on getting higher credit lines with them and all things that I can, so that way I can manage my business even, even better. Um, they also have really great perks like um, all of my managers that need to have credit cards can have credit cards for free. So we have, you know, many of our managers have their own cards, which helps me with tracking expenses a lot and knowing who's spending what and um, helps me, you know, really with accounting, know what departments are spending on, on what easily. So you went through the dreaded summer slump when it came to the flower industry, because that's something that we all experience at some point in our business, Fire Nation. You don't always have 
the same steady heartbeat and march of the drum and the beat of the drum to your business. Like there's ups, there's downs, there's high seasons, there's low seasons. And you were able to kind of combat your version of the low season, which is that summer slump. So kind of talk to us about what that means in the flower industry, and then specifically how you use digital marketing to overcome that. Almost every business that I know of has, you know, ups and downs, it's it's lumpy in some some way. So, you know, a lot of retail has, you know, fourth quarter where they do 80 to 90% of all of their revenue. And we're really fortunate that ours isn't that way. But we do have kind of a dreaded four-month period, uh, which is June through September. Basically, when kids are out of school, um, it's the same for us, where it's just, you know, families are, you know, spending their their income and their extra the money on family vacations and not on sending flowers to their friends. And so um, in the early years, we didn't see it so acutely because we were still growing so quickly. Um, and we were expanding our delivery area. So I thought early on that it was like a myth and we just kind of like, it wasn't going to happen to us, you know, and that was really naive and stupid because it did happen to us a couple of years ago. And, you know, we went from, you know, having a hundred percent year over year growth to the summer months, we're looking at like 18 to 20% growth each month. And it was, it was horrible. And, you know, of course we had the same amount of team members and, I understood why most companies are in the floral space lay off their workers during the summer months. Unless you're doing weddings and events, you don't have any need for the amount of people you're going to need during the other months during the year. So um, I didn't want to do that. Um, it's not what's good for, for people. They need to make their rents. And so uh, just that doesn't seem like the right thing to do. Um, and secondly, it takes three months to train someone really well on our design floor. And so it also would shoot ourselves in the foot because if we laid everybody off and then three months later needed to hire people and then it took three months to get them trained for, you know, the holidays when we're really busy, that doesn't seem like a wise business decision to me either. So um, last year, uh, we usually lower our marketing spend. We lower every expense that we have in the summer months and um, which is also we're seeing 18 to 20% growth during those months because we weren't spending any money on marketing. And so last year I had some money from uh, from our cash back card with, with Spark. Uh, with Capital One, and I put $115,000 towards uh, digital marketing last summer as a test. I didn't put it all at once, I <laughs> put a small amount, and to see if it was going to help. Um, you know, I didn't want to just throw the money at it and to see that people just weren't going to buy in the summer months no matter what we did, but I saw immediately a, a much bigger return than what I was expecting. And we had 69% growth last year from spending $115,000. So the return was amazing for us. Um, we are definitely replicating that again this year um, by putting more money, um, cashback rewards money back into digital marketing so we can see that again. Um, because it's just what's best for the business. It, it allows me to not have to lay off team members, which is amazing um, and helps us keep our business growing in the right direction, even during slow months or what traditionally are slow months for the industry. Fire Nation, big takeaway, you have to know your numbers. You have to know your KPIs, those key performance indicators, and then adjust accordingly. I mean, Christina knew what was best for her company. That's not laying off everybody, then having to hire new people and retrain them and all that jazz. She said, hey, I'm just going to take things down on these different areas, pull these different levers, and then I'm going to test. She tested some money in the market, in the marketing area, and it worked. So then she doubled down, tripled down, quadrupled down, and made growth happen. So Christina, 
You shared a lot of awesomeness today, and we very, very much appreciate it. What's the biggest overall takeaway you want to make sure our listeners get from your lessons as being this solo entrepreneur in a very difficult industry? Talk to us about that. I think it's what you just said. I always talk to, especially female entrepreneurs, I hear a lot, especially coming from women that they're, you know, math isn't their strong point and, you know, numbers aren't, you know, they're more in the creative side, not the number side. And, you know, I just think, and this might sound harsh, but if you're going to be the CEO of a business, you cannot know your numbers. You have to know them. You cannot not know your numbers, I should say. Like, you have to know them. You don't, you can't just say like, that's not my strong point, you know. Um, I never would have said like, I love finance before starting a business. In fact, I still don't <laughs> love the finance part, but you know, I need to know the numbers and everybody needs to know their numbers of their, of their business. And so what you just said, I think is the number one takeaway for anybody starting a business or, you know, scaling their business. You need to know your numbers inside and out because that's how you get into trouble when you don't. So if we wanted to find out more about you or the best way to connect with your business, what would we do? Yes, that's a great question. Um, <laughs> go to our website, um, farmgirlflowers.com. Um, and then also we are pretty active on our digital channels as well on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we love sharing behind the scenes stories on Instagram and uh, kind of connecting with uh, our customers that way as well. So any of those channels work great. And thank you. Nice. Well, Fire Nation, you know this. You're the average of the five people you spend the most time with, and you've been hanging out with CS and JLD today, so keep up the heat. And if you head over to eofire.com, type Christina in the search bar. The show notes page will pop up with everything that we've been talking about today, direct links to her website, her social media channels. Of course, go directly to them, check out what they have going on, support her if possible. And Christina, I want to say thank you for sharing your truth and those value bombs with Fire Nation today. For that, we salute you and we'll catch you on the flip side. Great. Thank you so much for having me, John. Hey, Fire Nation. Today's value bomb content was brought to you by Christina. And if you're ready to rock your very own podcast, well, why don't you check out my completely free podcasting course, freepodcastcourse.com, where I will teach you how to create and launch your podcast. And Fire Nation, if I don't catch you there, I'll catch you on the flip side. Peace. Ready to build your first sales funnel without having to hire an entire tech team to help? With ClickFunnels, you can. Visit eofire.com slash click to start your free 14-day trial today. That's eofire.com slash click. Successful entrepreneurs take advantage of tools that do things more efficiently. And when it comes to hiring, the tool to use is ZipRecruiter. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash fire. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire.